Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, March the 27th, and spring is here. Although Mother Nature may be resisting the spring, we know it is on its way, and with that comes hope. Spring is a time of hope. It's such a positive time as we prepare to start working the land, start working the soil, to plant for a summer and fall harvest. I hope that many of you listening will be planting seeds this spring and growing your own gardens. I've already started my planning and working actually even on a second vegetable garden location out on some land in Cameron's Beach. So let's all embrace the positivity and the hope that comes with spring. I also want to share some very exciting and positive news at the top of the update today, and that's our very own athlete, Carly Jackson, and her hockey team, the Toronto Six, won the Isabel Cup last night for the first time in franchise history. We are very proud of our very own Cumberland County, Carly Jackson. So I wanted to make sure that everyone in our area was aware of this great news this morning. So I'm back in the legislature. I'm actually working from Halifax today as Law Amendments Committee is in session as of 10 a.m. this morning until 3 p.m. this afternoon. And then I'm also attending this evening uh, an event at the Halifax Library. It's around the very serious and sobering issue of sexual assault, harassment and violence in the workplace and in our communities. So last week, the legislative session began on Tuesday and the Nova Scotia provincial budget was tabled on Thursday. So let's get right into that and with the details. What we saw with the Nova Scotia budget that was tabled on Thursday is the PC government is spending more on health care and doing it very fast, as the title of their budget suggests. Money is needed in health care, and I'm pleased to see that this is the focus of the budget and the focus of this government. However, much more than money is needed to fix healthcare. We all know that those of us that are healthcare professionals and that work in it each and every day and have family members that work in it each and every day. Workplace culture is at the top, the very top of that list, and money does not change that. What changes workplace culture is positive, strong, effective leadership. And that is what's needed right now. We need strong, effective, positive leadership that includes a vision and a plan that is well thought out and well planned. As an opposition member of the Legislative Assembly, it is expected that I provide a critique of the government's budget as well as my opposition colleagues. So as a representative for the people of Cumberland North, I will share with you uh, the perspective that I bring as it reflects you, the people I represent. I believe we need a budget that reflects the healthcare needs of all Nova Scotians, a budget that allows people to keep enough of your hard-earned income to live a healthy life that would actually put less burden on the healthcare system. I believe we need a budget here in Nova Scotia that provides enough staff in schools to educate our young people effectively, as well as a budget that supports repairs of roads. We all know about that here in Cumberland County. We need a budget that invests on improved justice for victims of family violence, as well as sexual assault. We need a budget that protects the vital infrastructure of roads, railway, telecommunications and utilities of the Shignecto Isthmus, as well as a budget that is fiscally prudent 
and transparent. The $14.2 billion in revenues and the $14.4 billion in expenses in the budget presented last Thursday will see Nova Scotians paying more in taxes in the year ahead. I had joined experts in calling upon the PC government to start indexing income tax brackets like every other Canadian province, and I spoke to that in the legislature on Wednesday last week. The PC government is not increasing basic personal tax exemptions, nor the income tax brackets in line with inflation like every other Canadian province. Due to inflation, this impact on everyday Nova Scotians will be significant. The government is estimating it will collect $448 million more in personal income tax this year. This is nearly half a billion dollars that should be in the pockets of you and your family members and all Nova Scotians to help feed your families and pay your basic personal expenses. The main reason that the government is collecting $448 million more in personal income tax is mainly due to what we call bracket creep. And that is because the government is not indexing your income tax brackets and basic personal tax exemption along with inflation. The government spent over $1.5 billion outside of the plan budget over the last 12 months. One could question the purpose of the budgetary exercise that we're actually going to be going through over the next two or three weeks, as there is no oversight for money that is spent outside of the budget. So for example, 13% of the money spent over the last 12 months, especially what we've seen in the last three weeks, is was all outside of the planned budget for last year. It's all outside of what the government forecasted and planned to spend uh, last year. The budget that we worked on last year was for $12.42 billion, but in actual fact, the government spent $13.8 billion. In fact, Nova Scotia's Auditor General, Kim Adair, drew attention to this overspending in her December report by noting that our province has a unique, quote, unique finance act that allows for non-approved expenditures. And I quote from Kim Adair, our Auditor General, it is the only one province, meaning, where extra spending is approved solely by the government of the day and is never required to return to the House of Assembly for review, vote, or approval, end quote. It seems this particular government is quite adept at approving its own over-expenditures. $1.6 billion was spent without any oversight, transparency, or approval. None of the 1.5 billion surpluses from this past year was spent on debt servicing, nor was any of it earmarked for capital spending, but rather it was all spent on additional unplanned operational expenses. I am concerned, as obviously was the Auditor General, that there is not enough planning for this additional spending, and I worry what will happen with the additional revenue that government may receive this upcoming year. I believe consideration should be given to Nova Scotians as they will be paying more in personal income tax due to inflation and many people are already struggling financially and some of you listening are included in that. The financial stress will further lead to health-related problems. As one thing I spoke about in the legislature last week is that the number one determinant of health is income. So if people are struggling more financially, it is going to put further burdens 
on our healthcare system, put further pressure on mental health needs, as well as physical health care needs. Other considerations should be given to our provincial debt. It is estimated to increase from $18 billion to $23 billion. There's a lot of spending being planned by this government on capital expenditures, and all of the money that's being used for those capital expenditures are coming from unfunded and borrowed money, which is putting us all further into debt from $18 billion to $23 billion. Also, something that I believe should be considered is our debt servicing costs. So that is referring to the amount of money we're paying as a government, as a province, as taxpayers to servicing the debt, so interest payments. Right now, those costs are estimated to increase by $200 million over the next five years, bringing interest payments close to $1 billion a year. And of course, this will be even higher if interest rates continue to climb. I also believe considerations should be given to the huge amount of money that's unaccounted for in the budget found in what's quote called, quote, restructuring costs, end quote. Some refer to this as the government's slush fund or play money. And it is um, in the amount of $513,874 million. So half a billion dollars and 4% of the entire budget is under restructuring costs or as some refer to as the government slush fund. So it's all money that is being spent on something that we have no idea what the money is being spent on, meaning no transparency and no accountability for half a billion dollars. So I look forward to examining the budget more closely over the coming weeks, asking questions and providing ideas on the behalf of the people that I represent in Cumberland North. Currently, we have the highest public sector in all of Atlantic Canada, and it seems as though it's growing still here in Nova Scotia. So there's a great opportunity in the year ahead to find government efficiencies, just as you have to do in your own home management and what the private sector companies have to do. We all have to find ways to manage money effectively and efficiently, whether we're in the private sector, whether it's for our home management, and we expect government to do the same as well. Ultimately, we must ensure that we are spending, that the government is spending taxpayers' money responsibly and as efficiently and effectively as possible. We also must ensure that all Nova Scotians are treated equitably and fairly, including the residents of our county. Last week, I had the opportunity to introduce two bills into the legislature. The first one was called Allie's Bill, and in honor, of course, of Allison Holthoff, who died tragically in our emergency department waiting for care. The bill called Allie's Law is a bill respecting ambulance wait times and emergency wait times. The bill is asking for government to start posting the ambulance wait times and emergency wait times. It's currently being done in Alberta right now for the emergency rooms. We want that to happen right here in Nova Scotia as well. We also want people to have information on how long they would be expected to wait for an ambulance when they call 911. So we're hoping that the government will act on this bill that was introduced last week. I also introduced a second bill requesting government to increase the basic personal tax exemption to the national average and start indexing it as well every year in line with inflation. We currently have the lowest basic personal tax exemption in all of Canada. Our poorest are paying more tax than anywhere else in the country. We also have the highest level of poverty tied with BC 
and the highest child poverty rate in all of Canada. I join many experts in believing that by allowing people to keep more of their hard-earned own income by increasing the basic personal tax exemption uh, and indexing it as well, that it will reduce poverty and improve individuals' overall health and well-being, therefore families here in Cumberland County and throughout all of Nova Scotia. By choosing not to index and increase basic personal tax exemption, the PC government is intentionally deciding to keep people living in poverty and worsen the health and well-being of our people. The number one indicator of health is income and financial well-being. There is absolutely no reason why Nova Scotia should be paying the highest income taxes in the entire country while also having the highest poverty rates in the entire country. This is uh, completely related and it's completely fixable by the government making simple changes to the basic personal tax exemption as well as start indexing our income tax brackets. I've also had other MLAs in the legislature call for this as well and will continue to do so. Last week, I had the opportunity to ask some questions in question period. And one of those days, I asked the question about our emergency department at Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center. Many of you listening already know this, but the main emergency room is still not open. It was closed last May, almost 11 months ago, due to a flood that happened from an incident with a patient. And there initially were dates given that it would be finished by August, then September, then October, then November, then December. And after Allison Holtoff's death, Nova Scotia Health came out with a date of February the 14th that the renovation would be complete. And as of today, March the 27th, it continues to be closed and the renovation not complete. So in question period, I did ask the Minister of Health, who is the project lead? Who is accountable for the continued delays for this renovation project? We know that the continued delays and the continued closure of our main emergency department puts additional pressures on our doctors, on our nursing staff, on all the staff that are working at our hospital, it affects not only our emergency department and the patient care there, it affects, affects the entire hospital because the pressures in the emergency department are felt in ambulatory care, they're felt on our medical and surgical units, they're felt on the obstetric unit, they're felt by everyone. And I know that it's taking its toll. And I know that even the death of Allison Holtoff and the immense sorrow that our community has felt after her death has also taken its toll on the staff and the morale at our local hospital. So I want to say thank you today to all of the healthcare professionals that are providing excellence in care, to all of the healthcare providers that continue to serve our community and to serve the people and provide the compassionate care that you trained for, that you continue to strive to do that despite the challenges that we face um, with the deficiencies of this centralization of power within our healthcare system. So I want to uh, encourage everyone listening, if you are having any encounters with our healthcare system, to please do all that you can to be respectful and kind to the staff at our hospitals, uh, whether it's at Cumberland Regional, whether it's at Pugwash or Spring Hill, 
Parsboro, or any other hospital or health healthcare facility throughout our region. Certainly, our healthcare professionals are feeling the pressure, and we want to make sure that uh, everyone is being respected and kind throughout these challenging times. And I definitely give you my word that I will continue to work for improvements and also hold the government accountable to get work done here that is needed. And the opening of our emergency department is one of many items that needs work. So uh, I'll finish off my update today by reminding everyone that there's only a few days left to apply for two rebates that are available for those uh, in need. So the heating assistant rebate is uh, available until March the 31st, and that is a large chunk of change. $1,000 is available for people that earn less than $85,000 a year, and it's for people um, to apply to get money to help heat their homes. So if you have have any questions about that, feel free to give my office a call at 902-661-2288. If you have any questions about eligibility, uh, if you have a computer, you can just Google Heating Assistance Rebate Nova Scotia, and the link should come up. You can apply right online. I also have uh, a lot of uh, the paperwork printed and available at my office. There's a table right outside the main door where we have a whole pile of applications for the heating assistant rebate and feel free to come in and grab those. We also have applications for the seniors care grant and that is also available until March 31st as well. So anyone listening, if you have already applied yourself uh, but may know of others that could be eligible, please share this information with anyone that you know of that may be eligible for either of those grants. And again, if you have any questions, give my office a call. The applications are both available online and I have paper applications at my office. And once again, the deadlines are March 31st, which is Friday. So we want everyone to apply that's eligible. The road conditions are very poor and will likely continue to worsen over the next couple of weeks um, as the frost lifts. And uh, I know that the spring weight restrictions are in place, so that prevents uh, the heavy trucks being on the roads. But if you have any road concerns, please don't hesitate to get in touch with me and I can share the concerns with the area manager. As well, you can call Provincial Public Works uh, anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The phone number for that is 1-844-696-7737. I would like to extend birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone celebrating this week, including today on March the 27th, Isaac Smith, Howard Ferdinand, dear Howard from Pugwash area, as well as Ashlyn Brownell are celebrating birthdays tomorrow. March 28th is Molly Rose Smith and Sharon Robinson. On Wednesday, March the 29th, Shane Melanson, I have to say Shane is my first cousin, Spring Hiller, and I just love Shane. He's so talented musically and has a wonderful family. So happy birthday to Shane Melanson, as well as Chris Maltby. Stop into Maltby Sports Store there and Dry Cleaners this week and wish Chris Maltby a happy birthday, which he celebrates on Wednesday. On Thursday, March the 30th, Sharon Despars is celebrating a birthday. And I do want to say a special shout out to Sharon. Uh, Her and her team at the Legion 
in Amherst are just doing a magnificent job of uh, having events and raising money and just uh, many, many social activities for people in the community. So hats off to you, Sharon, and wishing Sharon a happy birthday on Thursday. As well, Carolyn Elliott, who's a teacher in Pugwash, uh, is celebrating a birthday on Thursday the 30th. On Friday, Tracy Ott, and on Saturday, April the 1st, Velda Fromm and Jocelyn Gouchy are celebrating birthdays. Anyone else listening, please um, take my wishes, and I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day and celebration. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who may have lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Ruth Alma Jean Krebe, Judy Earnhardt, Karen Lee Henwood, and Bet Macaloni, and anyone else that is listening that may have lost a loved one recently, please accept my sympathies. It is certainly my honor to serve you, the residents of Cumberland North. I will continue to push for changes in the weeks ahead, including improvements to local health care services, addressing access to affordable housing, and other measures to make life more affordable as well as helping the Cumberland area realize our full economic potential, please contact me anytime at 902-661-2288 or by email at elizabeth.smith-mccrossan at novascotia.ca. I have an office at 5 Ratcher Street in the town of Amherst, as well as 124 Water Street in Pugwash. And certainly I am available by appointment at that office as well. You can call my office anytime, 902-661-2288. It is my mission as MLA for Cumberland North to represent you, the people of Cumberland North. I'm an independent MLA, meaning I work for you, the people. Building on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, and being a servant leader empowering all people. We work to build on the strength of our veterans and stand firm on the pillars of excellence in healthcare, affordability, caring for our Mother Earth, and entrepreneurship in the economy. We embrace our diversity, strive for equity and inclusiveness, and celebrate our people's history, arts, and culture. I'd like to say thank you to Mr. Ron Bickle, James Hand, and all the crew at CFDA 107.9 for this opportunity to bring you my weekly constituency update. And I wish you all a great week. Please take care of yourselves and take care of others.